0: Okay, you're live and welcome. Welcome everybody for the return of trading card therapy. This is episode number twenty six. Thanks for joining us today. So it's been quite busy since our last episode. We've moved our offices from Somerset, New Jersey, being about a mile from Rutgers College campus. Uh, now we are in the heart of Milburn, New Jersey. For those that are familiar with the Garden State Parkway, we are just off of Exit One Hundred and Forty, uh, a few miles inland. Um, and um, we have just moved our offices as well as opened our first ever retail store. Uh, and our retail store is uh, Vintage Breaks and Just Collect. You can find us at 296 Milburn Avenue, Suite 102, right next to the F45 gym. And uh, it's been a tremendous start to us, uh, for us, excuse me, um, and we've come both before and since then. Uh, you know, every day we don't know who's going to walk in. Uh, we, looked at, we looked at a very special collection the other day, which we're going to talk about on today's episode. Um, but where I'd like to start um, or restart Trading Card Therapy is on two recent collections that we were able to purchase over here at Just Collect. And if you'd like to read about um, the story behind these collections and hundreds of collections that we bought over the years, you can do so on our website at JustCollect.com, or if you want a direct way to find those stories on our blog, you could go to blog.justcollect.com. So probably at this point about, uh, at least a few weeks ago, might've been just a drop longer. um, We had an appointment uh, out in Arizona, uh, Scottsdale specifically, where it is a very, very hot. Shout out to Charles, my friend, Tony, uh, had a great time out there. Um, But the great time was certainly um, uh, made greater by this amazing fresh collection, fresh to the hobby, um, over 800 cards from the 1930s. Uh, It was a family that um, had them uh, that was passed down the cards uh, over, uh, you know, obviously some some family members in the past. um, And they were in charge of um, figuring out what they were going to do with a collection of over 800 1930s cards, which included over 600 1933 Gaudis Um, There was about 150, 34 Gaudis and some Diamond Stars uh, and some other, you know, uh, Gaudi heads up, uh, a couple other miscellaneous cards in between. Um, But the highlight most certainly was a near complete set of uh, 1933 Gaudi baseball cards. Um, There was no Nap Lajouet, the rarity, if you will. However, uh, and this is what I've talked about on my other podcast, Leighton's Loft, um, and just on our Vintage Break stream during our live shows Uh, where, you know, you can come join us even if you're not breaking, kind of just enjoy the camaraderie uh, and the community and such. Um, So when this family contacted us, they kind of gave us about 50 cards as their highlights. And what I've shared with people before, what made this collection so amazing, so unreal, was going out and viewing it and realizing that there was not just a couple, but there was many more Babe Ruth's and Lou Gehrig cards that were not on the original evaluation. And as I've said time and time again, you know, normally when you're going out to see a collection, whether it be it's an inheritance or someone who's in the hobby or anything in between, you know, if they tell you they have two Babe Ruth cards, they have two, they have two Babe Ruth cards. If they tell you they have three Mickey Mantles and they have three Mickey Mantles, there's not usually extra. Um, and in this case, uh, there were many extra cards, um, many extra highlights, uh, Hall of Famers, Uh, including Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. And so if you want to check out uh, the reel um, on Instagram, you could check out my personal Instagram account, Leighton underscore Sheldon, um, where we showed off each and every one of the Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth cards. And I have most of them here today, which we're going to run through them in just a second for you folks uh, who are watching live on Instagram or live on YouTube. Um, There were, believe it or not in all, in the collection of just over 800 1930s cards, there were 22 cards of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig Gowdy's. And so without further ado, you can imagine how I was when I saw them in person, just shell-shocked. We're going to show them off, or at least most of them right now. Some were lower grade, like this one, like this Gehrig. Some of them were a little bit nicer, like this Gehrig, like this Gehrig. This Ruth is definitely more like middle of the road, which is great. Hey, Kev, how are you? There was two yellow Ruths in all. Several reds. And everything was ungraded and well-organized in the collection uh, when I got to the family's home in Scottsdale. Sorry about that. We had an issue with... um our Instagram account, but we figured it out now. Uh, so we had, um, you know, multiple Ruths and Garrigs, kind of all over the board condition-wise. And if you're in the Milburn area, come by our shop. Our new store just opened last Friday and you can see uh, the entire collection on display. So we will likely be offering the 1933 Gaudi set break Uh, as a set break through VintageBreaks.com. You can check it out in the coming weeks after we have some of the better cards slabbed. Uh, There were dozens of Hall of Famers, um, probably more than that actually, from uh, 1933 Gowdy. Um, And it was amazing to see the collection sorted by card number, all completely ungraded, all over um, basically like their living room, um, neatly organized across several tables. Uh, It was an unbelievable sight. Uh, for being, um, you know, almost 90 years old. So we're going to shift gears, and we're going to talk about another fresh collection uh, that we're able to purchase recently um, here at Just Collect. And it is an autograph collection, which started, which started off with just these two autographs. It was actually referred to us by someone in our Vintage Breaks community. Shout out to Antonio. So the first uh, autograph was of none other than Ty Cobb and his very famous green. That was He was very uh very keen on um and signed quite often uh, throughout his life this says to michael best wishes ty cobb november twelfth, 1952 november 12 is three days after my birthday and then this one i was less sure about it says best wishes to michael from honus wagner you know you don't know how these folks are signing uh the h certainly looked a little bit funky to me however we got them both looked at by our friend jimmy spence um at jsa and they both received a letter of authentic authentication. That is the Cobb. Here is the Wagner. So we felt much more comfortable with Antonio's friend and contact sending in the rest of the collection. So we proceeded to give them estimates, uh, meaning the folks that owned it. Um, And in the collection, there was really interesting stuff. Um, There was a Tris speaker. There's a Cy Young. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. Uh, and we're going to show some of those off in just a minute. Let me actually get to. Let me see here. There's at least one more Ty Cobb, one more Honus Wagner. Uh, there's a few candid snapshots, which is really cool from the time period. But I'd like to show you the Cy Young Auto. Uh, it's a beautiful signature. I haven't had one in a little while. There is it. Oh that's cool. Actually a couple Cy Youngs. I want to try to find the five Cy Young index card. That was really nice. Tris speaker. One second. There's six Phil Rizzuto's for some reason. Jesse Haynes, which is a turn of the century Hall of Famer. One hand Greenberg, second Rogers Hornsby. And we're going to show some of these off in just a minute. DiMaggio. So I'll have to go through again. All right. So, the next one I'm going to show off, one second, yep, yeah. the index card, I didn't see it. Okay, and also um, IG shut off, it was probably set to just like 10 or something. So, how cool is this sheet? There is a Cy Young gorgeous three by five index card. There's a second Cy Young newspaper clipping. And then this is a really nice Honus Wagner signed newspaper clipping, but it's really like a nice photo. We'll get that slab by PSA. We'll probably get the Cy Young slab by PSA as well. So these all reside from the same collection. Uh, I will show you the Ty Cobb. Oh, this is nice. And that Garber's not a big deal, but this is a Rogers Hornsby who's not an easy signature. Signed photo from a newspaper or magazine. Here is a Ty Cobb signed in his uh, favorite color, green. Just a nice look. Ty Cobb is not often smiling. Oh, on the back of this, check these out. Here is a Cy Young photo. Now you can see the size a little bit obscured by the black and white nature of the photograph slash newspaper clipping, but here's the Tris speaker, both really cool. What I'd like to do is share some background and the provenance on this collection. I'll leave these here some eye candy for you to check out while we're going through the story so as I said the uh, gentleman who obtained either all or most of these autographs his name was Michael um, and this write up is from uh, his wife uh, Carol and instead of just going through it and giving you uh, you know some of the details it really is quite uh, thorough uh, her description and I found it quite enjoyable to read so I'm going to share that with you right now, uh, straight from Trading Card Therapy, episode number 26. And once again, if you'd like to see f- future episodes, you can do so here every Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time Live, or we'll upload them uh, on Fridays to our Apple uh, account as well as um, you know the other uh, accounts as well, like Spotify and things of that nature. So without further ado, Carol says that her late husband, Michael, was a sports fan. She met him in college, first playing pool and then playing bridge. He loved competition for itself and maintained a sportsman generosity, whether he won or lost. It endeared him to all his opponents and partners, regardless of the game involved. For the games he loved, he read, researched, and studied strategies. His first love was basketball, and he won a scholarship to Union College in Schenectady, New York. And for the rest of his life, he played for as long as he could. His second love was cards. He put himself through college on gin, got a taste of poker, and fell into a life-changing affair with Bridge. Interesting. At one point, he won the award in the Westchester, New York Bridge Association for the most master points, won in a year. Later, he and his partner came in 11th in a World Cup Pairs Bridge event. After we were married, he also played golf and tennis. No day was too hot, no match too long. And I just played tennis this morning. Finally got a nice day here in New Jersey after raining for days in a row. He loved it all. We made an annual pilgrimage to the US Open. He knew every player by sight and delighted in walking near them, maybe saying hi or just pointing them out in the stands. Sundays were for Giants football, my team win or lose. Knicks basketball, my team win or lose and the playoffs for both sports. I don't remember his spending much time watching baseball. However, baseball was his passion as a young man, 12 and 13 he collected signatures waited for players to come and go to games sh- sanctioned as well as practice he was at least 6 feet tall at the time with a big smile and dancing eyes i have no doubt players were drawn to him and his energy not to mention his knowledge of their stats i have two fan stories that illustrate his passion we were going to bermuda for a holiday staying in a hotel where it just so happened held the bermuda bowl international bridge tournament when we were at the airport waiting to board michael waited Energy changed to excitement. Come on. He grabbed my hand and dragged me across the airport until we were in line. He looked at me and grinned. This is the Knicks basketball team. I peered ahead. Michael at six feet four looked like a child as he stood next to guys seven feet tall, and I felt like tiny Alice in Wonderland. None of it mattered except he got to stand with his team. Once we were in Bermuda, our hotel was full of tourists and bridge players. To me, they all looked alike. To Michael, who read every edition of Bridge World cover cover to cover and memorized hands as well as the pictures of the champions, was a walking lighthouse. His head was on a swivel. He nudged me every time he spotted a top player for the moment we arrived. At one point, we were going up to our room. We rounded the corner to the bank of elevators. One was full, but the door hadn't closed. I paused to wait for the next one. Michael, however, said, there's room, and we got on. Really? When we got off and the doors closed, he looked at me and said, do you know who was on the elevator? Of course, I had no clue. With a huge smile, he said, the US bridge team. I'm sure Michael would be thrilled to know his passion will be enjoyed, excuse me, will be uh, shared by those who acquired a piece of a sports memorabilia collection and he would say, enjoy. So I really appreciate Carol sharing with me a little bit about the background of the story. From what I understand it, he went around in person and got all these signatures single-handedly himself with other friends. And for some reason or another, some of them have tape on them, but they really run the gamut from Jesse Hainhill, turn of the century, all the way up to the scooter, Phil Rizzuto, and kind of anyone and everyone in between. Minnie Minoso. Uh, I'm going to show off a few more. The newspaper clippings are quite interesting because uh, they're, they're almost like photographs of early guys, which are really, really tough to find. Uh, signed. Casey Stangle. Um, we got another true speaker here. Let's see what we got here in the back. I'm going to show – oh, Larry Doby, early win. I showed you off the Wagner and the Tris Speaker and the Cy Young. Let's show you some of the. This is cool. I would imagine he took these himself. These are just some candid photos he took from being around the ball club. Phil Rizzuto in street clothes, signed by the scooter. Oh, this is, I thought, one of the more interesting photos in the entire collection a candid snapshot with Joe DiMaggio having a cigarette dangling from his mouth. There's a really nice photo of Connie Mack, let me see if I can find that. Here's a nice photo of Roger Maris, He just had his uh, record breaking 61 home runs broken by Aaron Judge with 62. This was a Maris sign photos, he's not an easy signature. Another Maris photo. Ah, this is really cool. I love this. He's got two photos of Connie Mack in his very well-known straw hat. If you're a baseball guy like myself and like Michael, Michael, if you're listening, we really appreciate the opportunity to handle your collection. Super really cool photo of uh, Connie Mack and another one uh, as well. This collection's got a lot of good little nuggets in it. Good forward to... uh... You know breaking it down and checking it out now these are probably not very valuable but these are some of the uh first knicks and you don't see very many uh photographs especially signed ones from early knickerbocker days so um carl abrams um, a couple old there we go You're an old basketball guy like me this is great stuff to appreciate And you can see that uh, he had a little photo pack that he labeled New York Knickerbockers. That is the Wagner and the Cobb. Thank you for letting me share that story with you. And what I wanted to close with today on trading card therapy is to let everyone know that although we do this full-time here at Just Collect and Vintage Breaks, and a shout-out to our friends at OTA Sports, um, it's possible for you to do this as well. And my advice as far as getting fresh leads are to give out free information. So if you want to do it on the website, like at our website, JustCollect.com, we have been doing that for over a decade. It's a great way for people to find you. But if you don't want to do that and you just want to do it locally, I'd start going to you know the library and the bagel shop, and whether it be you know you wear your your favorite sports shirt or you know you carry your business cards on you or both. And obviously, not that many people even carry business cards anymore. You just kind of give your phone number. Um, you know, the reality of it is word of mouth uh, can go really far, as far as becoming known within your community as the guy. And the guy being whether it be all sports cards or just baseball or just autographs or just, you know, TCG cards, um whatever the case may be, you got to start somewhere. So if you start within your local community and folks know you as a place where they can get great free information about your love, what you're passionate about. At some point down the road, it may not be a month, it may not be a year, it may be longer, it may be shorter, and there may be a lot more than you want or a lot less. Um, but you will inevitably come across leads for collections. Um, It's just a matter of how much work uh, you're willing to put in. And I was just telling someone yesterday, you know, in a given day here, we probably receive several dozen between email and phone calls. And so when you're talking that kind of volume, you know, you need someone full-time to handle the leads and you need someone else to, you know, help with the evaluations. It really is um, a lot of work it's well worth it if you enjoy the journey and the hunt. Um, and what I wanted to share with people is, you know, we're only telling you about, mo- for the most part, the collections that we're able to buy and secure. But, you know, every now and then, we're not able to buy and secure them. Uh, or, you know, we have ones that get away. And so I'm going to tell you a brief story of a gentleman who came in the other day. Um, and he has a completely fresh to the hobby collection with a couple 52 Bowman sets a 51 Bowman set with an extra mantle and a maze. And he didn't sell yet. He told us he wants a second opinion. Really appreciated all the information I gave him. No matter how hard I tried to get the collection that day, unless I overpaid for it, we weren't going to be able to get it. So patience is a virtue. It's a virtue when it comes to, you actually got the lead. You don't know when you're going to be able to close it. And then in terms of generating the leads in that funnel, and if you're in the sales field, you you know you've heard that terminology a lot, You have to start somewhere. So start locally in your community is my advice. Go to the card shops, go to the card shows, go to the bagel store. um, You know, go all over and let people know you love cards. And eventually someone's going to ask you, hey, you know what, uh, Mr. So-and-so, I remember you told me that time that you really like baseball cards and you wouldn't believe it, but my cousin Jack, he's got an unbelievable collection. And then you'll be off on your journey. And I hope today that we're able to influence at least one or hopefully several people. Um, that there are fresh collections out there, and you could be the next person uh, that is able to find something. And if you do, please share it with us. We'd love to hear about it. If you want to sell it, it's even better. We'd love to uh, participate in the buying and selling of, of you know fresh collections all the time. Um, but we uh, are hoping that we're going to help uh, some of you out there find the next great um, you know, big card or big autograph collection or a small card and small autograph collection, but it's something that you're going to really enjoy and that you're going to be proud of. You'll be passionate about to share with other folks on your blog. Um, so with that, we're going to wrap up our 26th show of Trading Card Therapy. Look for us next week and each and every week at 1 30 p.m. Eastern time here on our Instagram account, Trading Card Therapy, and our YouTube accounts for Vintage Breaks and Just Collect. Take care, everybody.